G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We'll talk about a whole lot of different things today in a topic that perhaps is too big to cover. Even though we're going to have uh, you know, the best part of an hour to talk about it, we're going to talk about regrets. Now, Most of us will have to deal with regrets in our lives and maybe it's mistakes that we've made. Maybe it's around missed opportunities or poor relationship choices or for many of us past sins and for so many of us the people that we've hurt. We might be concerned about how the regrets of our lives affect us today or have shaped our past to the point that they're crippling our future. What is regret? Well, one way to think of regret is a negative emotional state that involves blaming ourselves for a bad outcome. Now, it can be the feeling of a sense of loss or sorrow at what might have been or wishing we could undo previous choices that we've made. Disappointment often follows regret, as does sorrow, unhappiness, distress, shame, guilt or remorse. It's so easy to get caught up in what our special guest today calls the land of regret. Wendy Burns is joining us. Wendy is the author of the book Remarkable You, worked through her own issues of regret on her journey to discover hope within. Wendy Burns is a consultant and coach and an executive director of the John Maxwell team. Having joined the John Maxwell University, Wendy is joining us from Darwin in the Northern Territory. Wendy, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. I'm so exciting to be back with you today, specifically to talk about the word regret and how that affects our lives. So thank you for having me back. Well, Wendy, let's start talking about what regret is. I mentioned a few things there in an introduction, and and there's a lot of things you can bring out about what regret is, what regret does, uh, but it's a big, it's a little word that has a big meaning. What are your thoughts around uh, what regret actually is? Oh, look, I think regret's one of those sneaky words, those sneaky things in life, and I say that in abbreviations, that can just slide into our thinking and our thought patterns that can really um, take us off the path that we're meant to be on. Regret is, for a very small word, it has a lot of power if if we give it power in our lives. And I think it's something that, like you said on the introduction, everybody at some stage in life will have been that in that sense or that place or as I call it that land of regret but it's whether we choose to stay in that place or how long we choose to stay in that place will affect what we do and what we become. When I said in the introduction the things that follow regret uh, like disappointment, sorrow, unhappiness, distress, shame, guilt or remorse uh, they're all bad feelings but 
in some sense here, I mean, I'm sure there are those who will tell us today that you should never have a bad feeling, and if you do, then you've got a mental health problem. But those sorts of feelings accompanying regret, it sounds to me, and from my understanding of, you know, of what I understand from the Scripture and my own life, uh, those sorts of things can be normal emotions and normal feelings that follow things that help us make sense of our life. What are your thoughts around that sort of thing, Wendy? Yeah, look, I agree with you. They, they are the feelings that we go through. And, and, and sometimes it's the grief of decisions that we've made that haven't worked out. Those feelings come, those disappointments, the sorrow, the unhappiness. And yes, sometimes shame and guilt. And it can be quite often about the decisions that we've made or the decisions somebody else has made that have affected us. But those things do come with that sense of regret, I believe. And even more so, you know, we can that can take us into a deep depression if we allow it. But those things do come in partnership. And as you know from my book, I talk about the things that then come together as sneaky little partners and, and, and they come, that sorrow and unhappiness and distress and, and shame and guilt are the biggies, aren't they? Uh, they can attach themselves to us in such a way, particularly if we're deep in regret. Feelings of remorse, uh, the idea that maybe I should fix some of those things from my past. I mean, uh, there's certain things in here that go beyond this experience that we might have uh, for the salvation experience, this connection with God. Some people will say, you know, it's like an encounter with God, a moment that I was born again. The old things are passed away and all things are made new. And there is something obviously very, very special about the encounter that you can have with God. But in some sense, that born-again experience, that encounter that you can have with the living God, still has some things that might need to be dealt with after that experience because the things that we have done, the things we might feel some level of remorse for, things that may even need to have some level of restitution, things that we might be able to help repair or fix. What are your thoughts around the fact that, you know, it's not a a sense where you've got a born-again experience that actually does away with all of the challenges of the past. Oh, that's a great way of describing it because quite often we can think when we make that decision uh, to follow Jesus and to accept Jesus into our lives, it's a one and done. Certainly one and done, we've made that decision, but it doesn't mean that we still go and have to work things through. And then in my life was a prime example of that. You know, you know, I carried this regret over my father's death and my mother's death, all of those things till I was 34 when I made that decision to follow Jesus. But what that did for me made me realize at ah, salvation changed my life there is it's i am so grateful for that very moment that i made that decision but i still had to take the steps every single day to work through that uh, the remorse to work through the forgiveness forgiving others forgiving myself to work through that shame and guilt so that i could move away from that place of regret that still haunted me as a christian because my, my opinion, Neil, absolutely, this is my thought, is that I believe we think, we can think, I know I thought that one and done, it should be all better, I'll wake up the next day and everything will be fine. That's not the case. I woke up the next day with a greater sense, and now I understand, I didn't at the time, Holy Spirit awareness of what I needed to deal with in my life so I could walk freely into what God had given me and had prepared for me. Sorry. I'm losing my voice. God had prepared for me too much talking. Yeah. Um, 
so that you know that that we take those actions so what's the next thing god wants to work through in our life uh, wendy nearly every time we talk uh, we do hearken back to Uh, some of those things that are a part of your testimony and uh, I know that you don't mind talking about them and so for listeners who are not so familiar with your story and when you talk about the death of your father and your mother I wonder whether we might just touch on that for a moment so that listeners know the sorts of things that we can be encumbered with uh, with regret uh, and just how significant some of those issues are I wonder whether you can just take us into your own story here for a moment just to remind listeners the sorts of things you've come through Oh, absolutely. I don't mind sharing my story. As you know, it's the power of the testimony, isn't it, Neil? And it does, if there are children around, maybe there's some things that I'll mention that uh, maybe children uh, shouldn't hear. So I'll just talk briefly to my story. At the age of 13, my father committed suicide. But what he did is he handed me, got me to hand him the gun uh, and he committed suicide in front of me. So he used me to participate in his suicide, unknowingly in his suicide. That same night, my uncle sexually abused me uh, simply because he could, and I was very vulnerable as in that position that I was in. Um, My mother also went on to commit suicide uh, when I was on my 17th birthday, actually. So there was a lot of regret that I carried, a lot of responsibility that I carried for choices that weren't mine. And the biggest one for me, and that's only touching my story briefly, Neil, the biggest one for me was... I blamed myself and I carried this regret that if I hadn't have listened to my father, if I hadn't have handed him the gun, he would not have killed himself. Yes, right there in front of me. But also the outfall of that onto my my mum and onto my sisters and brother, which later two of my sisters have lost their life because they couldn't overcome what they carried. So for me, I carried that till I was 34 until I made that decision to follow Jesus. And there's a whole pile in the middle of that about the suicide that I attempted because uh, that's what my parents had shown me was the way out. When things get too tough, you take your own life. But what if there's another way? And we know that starts with Jesus. But even in that, as a Christian, finding Jesus, I still had to work through all of these other things, the baggage that I carried. And and you know I refer to it, the baggage in our life. That's where regret lives, in that baggage. And it has the, the ability to weigh us down until we can fully deal with it and walk free from this place of the land of regret. Well, Wendy, I know there'll be listeners who say, I can find all sorts of things in my past that I'm to blame for. Some of those we might, uh, if we were making an objective opinion about those, would say, wait a minute, that's not your fault. Uh, People who have been uh, abused as children, uh, physically, sexually, sometimes uh, we blame ourselves for those things that have happened to us in the past and uh, we're confronted by the idea of someone saying it's not your fault but you can put yourself in the land of regret it's a that's a terminology you like to use a land of regret a land of blaming yourself for things that happened in the past some of those things that you were responsible for and some things you weren't what are your thoughts about people who blame themselves perhaps even in this sense unnecessarily oh we do that's exactly right it can happen to so many of us and it did to me i took responsibility for something that wasn't mine and for you know the 
unfortunately the world does pile a whole pile of responsibility on, on us and we pick that up we have to be really wise I think Neil in what we do choose to pick up and what we don't and and one of the things I believe is you know if we if, it, if you are a lover of Jesus and you do follow Jesus you can go back and you can ask him what is truth and what is not what is your responsibility and what is not what happened to me the day my father killed himself right there in front of me I picked up a responsibility that wasn't mine and I carried it because I knew no better. Nobody told me that it wasn't my responsibility. And I carried that way past when I um, became a Christian. You know, uh, you know, till that moment, you know, when my, my salvation moment was the lady that prayed for me told me that God knew the guilt I'd carried over my father's death. Honestly, if I hadn't have already been down on the floor, I would have, I would have fainted because right there and then God my, got my attention. God knew the guilt I carried. God knows the responsibility that we carry that's not ours. We just need to know it. And we need to know what is our responsibility from our choices, the things we need to pick up and run with, and the things that we don't. And when we talk about the land of regret, and the reason I call it a land of regret is it's a place that's full of mud and mire that can, it's almost like quicksand. If we stay there too long, it can swallow us. And it is a really dangerous spot to be in. And sometimes we really do need help to get out of that space. Needing help to get out of that space. Let's just touch on here what I think is really, really important. And sometimes we gloss over it too easily. When you say, I became a Christian, and and I'm using terminology like a new birth or being born again, having an encounter with God. And for most of us, and some people just grow up in the presence of God, and it's like they can't identify a beginning. But, but most of us will say, there was a time when I made a decision that I would put my faith in Christ. The idea that he comes to live in us. There's a line in the sand. There's a new beginning. It's a refreshing of our whole heart. I wonder whether you've got a moment here just to reflect on your own experience of what this new birth means because it's a line of demarcation, isn't it? The past and the future and what happens in that moment can have a powerful, powerful effect on how our future begins to unfold. Mm, Such an important, significant point. You know, that line that happens in that new beginning, in that moment, and and I think there's a great scripture in Psalm 31 in the Passion that says that um, God has gone, um, let me just read it, you've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. In that moment, God takes us away from the harm of our past and prepares the way for the future. It is a significant, life-shedding, defining moment. And, you know, for me, that was such a new beginning. The, the, the wake up the next morning, I still woke up in the same circumstance, which was pretty horrific. But what I did wake up with was a spark of hope in my heart that life could be better. And I believe that salvation moment is that life can be better, you know, because now I partner with Jesus, because he calls us to partner with him to walk with him, to be led by him as a great shepherd. But we do have to do that walking. We have to take those steps and we have to lean into him. Excuse me, I'm losing my voice today. We have to lean into him to be able to walk with him. But we still need to work through the things that, uh, that, have, 
that have been in our past, we don't have to look back over our shoulder. I love that um, analogy of the rearview mirror, Neil. You know, we look in the car, we are all, if we're driving, we'll use the rearview mirror to look what's behind us, you know, to see what's coming, what's dangerous. It's the best way to look at our past in the rearview mirror, not turning our head back over our shoulder to look at behind us because we can trip up. But if we keep that, that forward-looking, when we need to look in our past rearview mirror, what do I need to deal with? What's still there that's tripping me up? You can deal with. But keeping our eyes forward to the future, that's what God calls us to do because he is our future, right? Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our special guest this hour is Wendy Burns, the author of Remarkable You. We are talking about regret. Those regrets that you have, that I have, those things, how we deal with those in challenging times, but those things that if we don't deal with them can affect our future. Wendy, let's talk about this for a few moments because uh, you might feel even mature in your faith. You might feel like you've got everything under control. But the land of regret can keep coming back sometimes. And oftentimes we think of this as maybe being complicated and I need some special help. But little decisions are important in all of this too. What are your thoughts about simple decisions that can make a huge effect? Absolutely, Neil. The littlest things can take us visiting in this place. And uh, it can simply be, you know, and often times of change, crisis, new seasons in life relationships gone wrong as you said jobs all of those things that aren't working out the way that we thought and for me like I write about this I teach on this but I visited this place recently so it can happen to anybody and it doesn't have to be a big huge decision it can be a little decision mind you mine wasn't that little we moved to Darwin last October we planned we felt God had led us here we had our reasons for coming to Darwin And when we got here, it was like, oh my goodness, what have we done? Life has just all changed. Everything is different. And I found myself visiting this place for a little while. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? Why am I feeling like this? Why am I feeling sorrowful about the decision that we've made? So it can be the little decisions that we make that can trip us up because we can fall into, what if I'd done this? If only I had done that. And, you know, it isn't the big, you know, uh, life-shattering decisions always that take us there. But what happens is those little decisions that will take us into regret will compound unless we have a greater level of awareness to pull ourselves back out of it. For me, I was able to pull myself back, and I did that by sitting with the Lord and journaling on, why did you bring us here? What were the reasons? What's the truth of my regrets? Is there some area there that I need to forgive or forgive myself or forgive somebody else? And, um, you know, what is the vision that you have for us here in the city of Darwin? And But until I worked that through, I wasn't able to see clearly what God had for us here in this space. So it's just not always the big thing. Sometimes it's the simple little things that we can work through on our own now. And having faith in God as a starting point puts you way ahead of people who are rejecting the idea of following God. 
uh, following Christ. i am just uh, got in front of me a scripture here from 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces mm. death. There is a real differentiation here. And for those listeners who might be thinking, well, uh, I have faith, but such and such doesn't have faith, and uh, they seem to be doing okay. Uh, there's a certain sense here that when the crunch comes, having faith in God is going to give you that firm foundation on which you can actually deal with the issues of regret. Any thoughts there, Wendy? Oh, absolutely. You know, having faith in God is our foundation. We, we would not build a, a new building, a new structure, without getting our foundation really, really strong. And that's the same with us as we, you know, we make that salvation decision and, and maybe you haven't made that decision yet, but if you, you're, you're thinking and feeling led to make that decision, it starts by getting our relationship and our foundation right with God. So getting deep in God, getting in his word uh, so that we can move forward and deal with all of these things with the Lord that are happening in our lives. I can't imagine, Neil, what it is like, and we see it every day for people that are in that sorrowful place that place of regret and don't have that relationship with the Lord to be able to find their way out. You know, we, we, we are on the front foot. And is it easy? Absolutely not. I'm not saying for one minute that to work through some of the things that have affected us through that rearview mirror, looking in a, a very mindful, careful way at what has happened to us in the past, the if-only moments uh, are easy, but it is the most worthwhile thing so that we can truly walk into the destiny that God has for us. And destiny is an issue. Uh, when I have our Facebook question today, sins can be forgiven, but how do you think Christians deal with regrets over big mistakes, missed opportunities and past sins? Ant says, remember Paul's admonition to keep our eyes on the prize and run in a way to obtain it. We can always learn from the past and use it to move forward. Uh, we'll save a, a thought there, but let's take a call. Jason is on the line from Victoria. Hi, Jason. Welcome. Good morning, Wendy, and good morning, Neil. I like to say that Mandisa describes in the song, Come the Kid, what the different feelings of guilt, shame, and fear. And she mentions about how God was there in that moment. We're told he telling him, telling her that... Okay, right, so it's, it's a song you're referring to. Sorry, that's what uh, threw me a little bit. Uh, the idea of uh, a Mandita song, uh, the comeback, okay. dealing with those sorts yes. of things. Yes, uh, good sentiments in that song. Uh, Wendy, any thoughts there? Uh, absolutely, God is with us in those moments. And that was what the difference was for me. When I did become a, a Christian, I, I, I remember very clearly the Lord saying to me, I wasn't on my own, that he ran beside me down the road when I ran away from that situation that day. Uh, and certainly I, I talk about that in my book. But yes, absolutely, God is with us. We're never alone. Jason, thanks so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. And you can respond to our Facebook question today. Matthew says, God is in the redemption business. He works all things together for good. It's not about trying to forget those past mistakes, but trusting God that he's working those failures into stepping stones of victory. Uh, your thoughts Amen. at all for Matthew? Amen, absolutely. God, God takes those failures, those things that were missteps, 
uh, in our lives and he creates stepping stones because they, as we work through them, they become the power of the testimony that we can then impart to others and we carry the authority for that. So I agree, absolutely agree. Wendy, let's take another call. Ross is on the line from Brisbane. Hello, Ross. Welcome. Hey, how are you going? Good, Ross. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts, <laughs> I don't know if it's helpful or not, but I'm, I'm really struggling with depression. And um, I look to the Lord every day, but I still really struggle. I wake up every morning and get anxiety and keep thinking of the past and it just keeps building up and building up and I just feel like I'm in a circle and can't break out of it. Uh, Ross, do you mind if I ask, given that we're Mm. talking about regrets today and the thing that stimulated you to say, I'm going to pick up the phone, I'm I'm going to ask what Wendy thinks and uh, just to say that Wendy's not a psychologist and uh, she's not a professional counsellor but she's got a story to tell but I wonder whether if I'm just uh, asking you a little more deeply here do you feel like some of the anxiety and depression that you're experiencing may be based on some of the issues of your own past? Yep, 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 like all those things uh, you try and go back and think, how can I fix it? How can I fix it? I keep reading the Bible about anxiety and depression and how um, you know Jesus took all our sins and now we're covered by grace and that. But you know, the same thing every day. I journal and read, and the same thing happens every day. I just uh, get on the same track. And you can feel like you're, as you say, going around in circles and saying, uh, what's the way out? Wendy, you've you've thought through these issues and uh, Ross has called in. Uh, He's stuck in this land of regret and experiencing those things in the present and that's affecting his future. Wendy, what are your thoughts for Ross? I have a couple of thoughts on this and Ross, thank you for being brave enough to pick up the phone and call in because you're talking about things that are incredibly personal when we talk about the deep depression that we can get into. It sounds to me that um, you're in that place that you do need some help to get out of and I, I do hope that you are speaking to someone on a professional basis or maybe somebody from your church if you're part of a church to help you. I can give you some keys but when we're on that cycle of depression we do need to make sure that we are safe in that and that we're getting the help that we need to, to help us move forward. What I would suggest for you is you know, uh, changing some of the scriptures that you're looking at and start to think about the scriptures on hope. You know, if you go back to Psalm 39, Psalm 39, 1 to 5, I anchored to that. I anchored my life to that, that God knew everything about me, that, you know, he'd gone into my future to prepare the way and he'd also followed behind me to, um, to protect me from the harm of my past. We can't change our past. We can't go back and make recompense. Sometimes we do have to say sorry. Sometimes we have to say, look, I I got that wrong. I did the wrong thing. And that's okay. You'll work that through with the Lord. But getting your eyes back to the future, uh, it is an intentional, deliberate action. And, And looking at the big picture is way too much. How can I do this? It's all too big. So starting to think about what's one step that you can take. What's one action step that you can take today to take you that little bit further into the future that God has for you? 
so that you step a little bit further away from that that circle of or that that spinning wheel of depression and what have I done that you know what all the past stuff that just keeps coming at you because to be honest that's what the enemy wants he wants to keep us trapped in that place so starting uh, starting to think about one thing getting some some professional help to get you out of that place of depression there's no shame in that there's times when we all need that help. Being connected to a church family, there's some great churches in Brisbane, that's where I used to come from. People that we will be able to support you on the journey because it's really important not to keep this to ourselves. When I was contemplating uh, taking my own life because it was so bad, for me it was only when I actually spoke it out. I had a, a real encounter with Jesus that I reached out because I was so desperate and God met me in that place. But I still had to reach out and talk to people. I still had to work with people to be able to, to help me get through that. And I was sitting in a church when I was in that place. And nobody around me would have known because I didn't share. And that's the shame and guilt that keeps us back in that regret and that depression place. Is We, we, we think we'll be, it'll be too shameful if we share where we're at. And that's a lie. I really encourage you to share, to speak to somebody. And to take one action step, and maybe your action step is to speak to somebody, you know, but, but look at the Bible in a different way. Well, waking up every day, feeling like you're going around in circles. And while we've yeah. got Ross on the line here, I'm, I'm wondering whether, uh, reflecting on the idea that the Apostle Paul uh, spoke when he wrote uh, Philippians 3.13, it's a very, mm. very well-known scripture, forgetting scripture. the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And you can just take that as a throwaway little bit of wisdom, but actually when we start to think about that, there is some effort involved in forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Uh, when we're talking about emerging from this uh, land of regret, Wendy, and uh, with Russ in mind here, uh, feeling like he's going around in circles, how do you forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead is this this is obviously something of a, a change of heart a change of thinking yeah absolutely because what we empower devours us so if we empower our minds with our past mistakes and all the things that have gone wrong and the what ifs and the if onlys that's where our mind goes so it is a, ch a change of thinking and you know scripture tells us you know that to transform our minds and so changing how we're looking so looking forward again not looking backwards is a real in, intentional step and it is a an intentional action we have to make that decision you know and it i'd say have to that's a really strong word as a coach i should never say have to <laughs> i would suggest that making that decision that you're going to look at things differently because what happens is we stay in that historian mode don't we neil we think about how bad it was in that journalist mode, reporting on how bad it was, but starting to see the light. So the Bible tells us darkness flees with one pinprick of light, pin, pin prick of light, and that's Jesus. We can bring Jesus into our darkness, and he just, it dispels. Uh, Ross, but it requires an action. Ross, I wonder whether uh, you'd mind if, uh, if we led a prayer for you. Is that okay? No, that's, I really appreciate it. Because all this anxiety and depression, and I am seeking help, but every day it drains my energy that I've got zero energy. Yeah. Well, I wonder whether I might lead the prayer here, and uh, because I just suspect that there's a lot of people listening in 
And some who are going to feel like, I'm just like Ross, <laughs> stuff going round in circles. I wake up every day and uh, I've got my faith in God and I have my favorite scriptures, but some things are not changing. And let me just lead us in prayer and there'll be others who might be going through the same sort of thing. And let's just ask God to come in and intervene into the circumstance, shall we? Let's pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for Ross. I thank you for his courage to call for his courage to take a leadership role in what he has done in suggesting that his going around in circles needs to be broken, needs to have a change of heart, needs to have an addressing of those things of the past so that there can be new hope for the future. And our prayer, Lord, is that in Ross's circumstance... And for other listeners who are going through this similar thing right now, Lord, that you can bring into the lives of those who need it the right advice, the right counsellor, the right wisdom that comes from your scriptures, the right people around them, friends to be able to be on the journey with them, and to recover from those things that have held them back in the past, recover from the regrets and to establish something new as a vision for the future, a vision that will take them forward and not allow them to stagnate and be going round in circles. Bring your blessing, I pray, into Ross's life and to other listeners who are challenged with this right now. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Ross, uh, thanks so much for calling in today. Uh, really appreciate you. And uh, mm-hmm. we can talk some more about forgiveness as we go on in our conversation from here. But, Ross, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You can also respond to our conversation today. There is a question on our Facebook page that says, Sins can be forgiven, but how do you think Christians deal with regrets over big mistakes missed opportunities and past sins. Uh, Kath says, the scriptures tell us to persevere with faith, that we draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. Uh, Wendy, that's an interesting thought or two that Kath has delivered to us there. The idea of a guilty conscience uh, this is, in some sense, where the regrets come from, aren't they? What are, what are your thoughts around uh, what Kath might share? Mm, yeah, absolutely. That's um, when we we carry that guilt, we carry that guilty conscience that uh, we I should have done it differently, or it's my fault, or uh, we ca- it becomes a regret, and then you know, with that again, it's self-fulfilling, isn't it? It becomes shameful. And we get stuck in that place. So the scripture is tell us exactly that, that we can transform our mind. And I think that the, the great part of this is that we can let go, but we let go by forgiving. And I think what, what she's talking about there as well is, um, and I'm using my words to reframe it, is that we need to forgive ourselves for that, for the guilt that we carry. If the guilt is true, if we've participated in something that has caused that regret or the shame or the, the guilt, then not only forgiving those that uh, perhaps have harmed us, but forgiving ourselves for our own um, participation in whatever it was, and that can keep us in that regret place. You know, and exactly for what we were just talking about with Ross, quite often a key to release us is to forgive ourselves. We, you know, we can we can 
easily sometimes forgive others. That's a hard thing as well, isn't it, Neil? But forgiving ourselves, I think, is the hardest. Well, forgiving ourselves and forgiving others. And sometimes we feel like, how do I forgive myself? I'm the one who did the deed. You know, it's a uh, it's little bit like I carry that with me forever. So in some sense, getting free from that, I imagine you've just got to name what the issue is uh, and then be able to intentionally uh, just begin with even words of forgiveness. I mean, how hard is this, Wendy? It's, it's pretty tough, isn't it? Uh, it? It is, but it isn't, can I say that, Neil? Exactly, naming exactly what it is. You know, for me, uh, can I use an example, Neil, of my dad? Yeah. Um, you know, I forgave my dad when I realised that for me to be free, I needed to forgive my dad. But I needed then to go on and forgive myself. So I'd forgiven my dad for uh, and having me participate in his suicide. Then I had to forgive myself to be truly free from my role. So quite often our our prayer can be, you know, I forgive myself from my role in whatever it was that happened. For me, it was handing in the gun. You know, yours might be as dramatic as mine, or maybe it is. But forgiving ourselves and asking God to cover that. For me, it was uh, asking God to cover it. I blessed my father. You know, and and when I was forgiving myself, I really asked God that he would bless me into my future so that I could walk free from the guilt that I carried. So quite often it's just a simple prayer. I don't think our prayers need to be complicated. And and for me, my opinion, sometimes I, I believe we can feel like we have to have big, complicated prayers. But Jesus just wants us to turn to him. Some things can't be undone, and so forgiveness is a way you get free from those things that can't be undone. We're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Steve is in Panmure in Victoria. Hello, Steve. Welcome. Hi. How are you going? Good, Steve. What are your thoughts? Uh, Listen, I've been listening to the conversation, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a place, unfortunately... For myself, I've uh, had that place of a, a, a revelation of um, Psalm 23 says, where we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And sometimes the previous caller, they feel like they're in the shadow of death. And they feel like that no matter what they do, they can't get anything right or they, they just keep going around in that circle. And you're right, forgiveness for me, has been a huge thing and forgiveness of myself has been a huge thing but one thing that I've had to let go of and and I still try to let go of is the unrealistic expectations that I put on mm. myself and those expectations are the things that that keep you going around in circles and expectations that people put on you as well and I think um, over times I've overcomplicated things in my life to the point where I just don't measure up and what's the point and why keep going and you lose your energy you lose um, you lose your passion you lose your focus and yes you do pick up the Bible and and you try to look forward and everything else but sometimes it's those expectations that we put on ourselves to be something that we're not and and the Bible's pretty pretty simple and pretty clear, I found, on dealing with regret and dealing with past hurts, experiences, and things like that is the expectation is to love God 
and to let him be known to others. And uh, for me, I, I, I'm a father and a husband, and most of the time I feel like I'm just not meeting the grade. And I've just had a conversation with one of the leaders in my church, and, and he just simply reminded me that sometimes we just need people around us and we just need to be people that just are able to sit and listen and be there and and be able to be that person or that your kids need. It's, you don't have to be a superhuman. You just need to say that, hey, God loves me. I love God. And this is how we do it. Um, and it's having those people around me that have been able to take and help me to take away the unrealistic expectations on my life that has helped me to get out of that circle, get out of that rut, um, because we all are facing different things in this world because the Bible says when trouble comes, and unfortunately trouble can be multiplied and multiplied that we do get stuck. And for me, it's being able to forgive myself and being able to release myself from the expectations that have been put on me that are not healthy. Hey, Steve, great insightful uh, thoughts there and uh, and I can hear that uh, you're made for calling in today and participating in this conversation I really appreciate that. Wendy what are your thoughts for Steve? Oh Steve, great insight and it shows me that you've got a great level of awareness of where you are right now and, and seeking help by speaking to somebody in your leadership team at church fantastic because unrealistic expectations other place others place on us is their opinion of what we should do it's not the truth of what God is saying and I love the fact that you refer to Psalm 23 and it goes on to say that um, that the Lord uh, even when our part your path takes us through the deepest darkness fear will not conquer us because you already have when we give our life to the Lord but it it gives us this reassurance and you already know this Steve, that you remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. So he leads us through the situation that we're in and his authority is our strength and our peace and the comfort of his love takes away the fear that we feel when we're in that place. So you're absolutely right. Unrealistic expectations can take you where you don't need to be. Steve, thank you so much for your call and uh, I can't believe how fast the time has flown by. Uh, so much more to say and I did say at the beginning it's one of those really big topics one little word really big topic to talk about and we might have to come back and continue on another day but if we're putting some boundaries around the sorts of things we've said uh, summing some things up here uh, a last uh, little insight or two from you here Wendy before we have to let you go but it's it's the land of regret that you talk about it's something we're all challenged with dealing with those regrets uh, any thoughts uh, just to, uh, just to uh, as we draw some loose ends together sure let, let me give a little bit of a call to action when you find yourself in that land of regret know the sign that you're there right it starts by thinking okay this is not okay spend some time asking God to reveal to you what it is and then come back to where did it start what took me into this place what is truth and what is not truth so that you can find uh, your way out of it and take that intentional step Remember, action changes ownership. When we take some action to bring ourselves up out of there, we will find our way out, keeping our eyes on the future and not what's behind us. And going back to that Philippine scripture, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. 
And you know there are lots of scriptures that deal with regret oh, yeah. and uh, you can look through that, do a Google search and find out where those scriptures are. Check the context if one captures your imagination. I just uh, refer to one in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But mm-hmm. worldly sorrow brings death. Uh, so uh, let's just uh, draw some loose ends together here just to encourage listeners. You can continue to engage with other listeners to our conversation today on our Facebook post, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. The question there, sins can be forgiven, but how do you think Christians deal with regrets over big mistakes, missed opportunities and past sins? You'll see a comment there from Frank and Gina who say, I always... I was always told there's consequences to those mistakes. And hey, yes, we deal with those uh, through our lives. Uh, Let me point you to uh, Wendy's book called Remarkable You. Uh, There is a website, remarkableyou.com.au. And uh, you can also search out Wendy as a consultant and coach, an executive director of the John Maxwell team. And having joined the John Maxwell University, and uh, you could check out Wendy Burns Consulting. I'm sure Wendy wouldn't mind uh, having a connection to you for uh, any other professional coaching issues. Wendy, great insights as always, but uh, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here, Neil. Thank you for having me back on again today. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.